Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night when we are recording this, buying into the bubble hype, as they say. I am here with a revisit to some of the podcast content that we've done, and we are going to try to get up and and continue to do over the next few weeks, few months. It is social media director Jenna Garcia of Denver Stiffs. Jenna, how are you? What's up, Ryan? It's so good to be back on the podcast. Like we haven't talked since I feel like the last time we were at Pepsi Center. It's it's been insane. We have we have talked in the in like the, the in DMs person. and, and yeah, yeah, but in person, like we just haven't seen each other. It's been it's yeah. been nuts. Uh, this quarantine has really put everybody through the ringer. I think like everybody is is just so ready for this to be done. I am so ready for this to be done. I got to ask how good I was, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't know. Like, it's not that big a deal to me. Like I still get to do all the things I like to do except for watch sports right now, at least. And it's like, I don't know. I watched so much sports all the other years and stuff that I'm like, uh, I guess I'm still okay. I've gotten a fill, (laughs) but yeah, I just still, still do my workouts, still get my work done. I don't know. It's just like a little bit more chill. Yeah. I think, We've, we've seen over the past few months that sports really are, they're an accessory, but something that we, we love. That's something that, that is a really good, not necessarily distraction, but just kind of another activity that we love to do. We've been able to fill the void for a while, but I don't know about you, but sports are such a big part of my life. And being, being the site manager here at Denver Stiffs, it's been, it's been kind of nuts trying to create content for four months and, and figure yeah. out how, how we can get through this process and keep people engaged and keep people happy. So I'm glad that things are coming back together. Uh, <laughs> everything's really seems to be building in that general direction, but it was a nice break for a while. I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, like it, it will be nice once things come back and everything, but I definitely just want people to be safe and to be healthy. And I do feel like some of the agenda is to bring stuff back just to bring it back sometimes, you know? I think sure. that though it seems like the NBA so far is really at the forefront of this. The bubble seems like it's working. They're getting rid of people who aren't who are getting sick in the bubble. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get sports back. But can you imagine if we always have to have a bubble from now on? That's going to be crazy. <laughs> I I don't think they're going to be able to manage that, and and I don't think like because they've been talking about how the bubble financially isn't going to be something that's like super super financially driven. All of yeah. these owners, they're they're not imagine. gonna they're not gonna go for that forever, um, and we're, we're we'll talk about next season when it comes. But I I did want to talk to you about the bubble. I wanted to talk to you like how you were feeling about things thus far. 
Uh, we, we had a report come out earlier this week that only two of the 322 players tested. They had tested positive for coronavirus. And so two out of 322 feels like a really good start. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. I just think like it was, it's done so far. It seems like the most workable way to do yeah. this. Um, and and I, I'm really skeptical about baseball and, and football too, but um, but the NBA seems to be doing it fairly fairly correct you know they still want to play their sports but they also like they're trying as much as possible to keep to protocol stick to protocol and the fact that they didn't let anyone enter if they had tested positive uh, and they kept them away obviously that was really smart and it seems to be working so far yeah it's something that the mls uh with major league soccer that they had done a, a similar bubble in orlando but they hadn't gone to those same strict requirements that the NBA has gone to, and, and thus they allowed players that had already tested positive for coronavirus to enter into that bubble. Uh, I think what the NBA has done in, in making sure that those players that hadn't, that hadn't been testing negative, they sent them back. They said, hey, we, we want to keep this as clean as possible. And I think that's, that's something that they've really, really done well. It's one of the reasons why we've, we've had such a low roster count for the Nuggets of late, because I don't want to infer too much, but it seems like a lot of those guys, they, they haven't been getting into the bubble for one reason or another. We can kind of connect the dots there a little bit, I think. Yeah. And there's um, a couple, you know, guys that have commented and said they did test positive, you know, and they're not in the Mm -hmm. bubble yet. And it's like, um, that's the smartest thing. That's the best place for them to be is not there. So, you know, I don't think it's a big deal if they do test positive. I honestly feel like, at some point we're all going to get it. That's kind of how I feel at this point is like at some point we're all going to get it. And as long as we're doing quarantining and not doing anything to like affect other people around us when we know we have it, then, um, then that's, that's the right thing to do. I've heard a lot of people from inside the bubble say that they think that the bubble is the safest possible place that they could be at this point given how much they're testing, how what the requirements are, the social distancing that they're doing while still in there, everybody's still wearing a mask. So if given an option, would you live inside the bubble for the next three months to cover this thing or, or would you get too stir crazy? Why are you offering to pay to let me go, boss man? <laughs> uh, Deborah Stiffs does not have that, that strict of a budget, I, I, I am sorry to say, or else I would send you there. I think that would be super cool. No, yeah, it would be kind of cool. I, I, I think I would have gone, yeah, if there was yeah. an opportunity to go. I think I would have gone. I think um, I could have adjusted to to doing that. And, you know, you kind of take it as, like, I'm going to work really hard. And, it like, almost like you're um, on a trip for an investigation of some kind, you know? Like, you're just doing a work trip, and it's going to be this long, but you're going to have time off later. So I could have interesting. I think I would probably have gone too. It's it's just seems like a very interesting place to be. And what I've heard from people is that it's it's there's nothing like it. There, you'll never experience anything quite like this ever again. And so, from a reporting perspective, from somebody who's who's just trying to bring information to the masses, I think that's really cool. And I I would definitely I would definitely be down there to just at least be a fly on the wall to see what exactly is going on and how people For are sure. going. But I mean, they need to be telling us more stuff. Like Jimmy Butler got snitched on and nobody knows who the snitch is. We know there it's got to be like one of the people on either 
side of his room or below him. So why hasn't anyone reported this from yet? You know, I need more news. <laughs> I, like I would that love to. I would life. love to hear that. I I need the drama. I need I need everything there. Uh, and speaking of that, like we have had a lot of great social media content come from this. Not enough, I think, but but they're getting there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I want to point your attention to this Twitter account at NBA Bubble Life. Have you heard of that account? Have you seen that account before? I have seen the account, yes. So they joined Twitter on July 9th. That was a week ago. Today, I just checked it. They have 93,000 followers. Jeez. That is nuts. That is seven days. (laughs) They have been aggregating all of the content that has been on social media, that players have posted, that teams have posted, and they're putting it on one feed for everybody to see. It is really interesting to see what everybody's getting up to and and how everybody's getting along. Uh, I love this kind of content. Do you have any favorite content that you've seen from the bubble thus far? Um, I love that Ben Simmons can't th- literally hit the ocean. <laughs> he can't hit the ocean, you guys. From the shore, he's throwing oh. into the ocean. He can't hit the ocean with a f- dead fish, or maybe the fish was alive. But yeah, I think yeah, it was that was hilarious. That was funny. I I remember seeing that. And and uh, you're you're my uh, colleague Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer. He made the joke that he that he was throwing the fish in with his wrong hand. And he, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's KOC's brand right there. He wants, he wants Ben Simmons hilarious. to change his shooting as soon as possible. Uh, I, yes. I really liked uh, Myers Leonard and JJ Reddick chugging beers and shotgunning those things. That's, yeah. that's just living your best life right there. It's definitely giving like a perspective behind the scenes of what these guys do in their own probably on a regular day basis but they're not posting it necessarily you know and they're in this bubble now and you're getting a little bit of that action because they're like they maybe they don't want to show their home on a regular basis but they're willing to show what their bubble life is like sure and and one of the other players that i was really that i've really become fond of during this experience is matisse Thybul of the 76ers he's been putting out YouTube content from the bubble. They're basically welcome to the bubble vlogs and Mm -hmm. vlogs have become really popular over the last several years on YouTube, on various platforms. Everybody wants to see what other people, other famous people are doing. And Matisse has been putting together this super comprehensive look at what these players are going through, how they're living day to day. I recommend that to everybody. If, if you have time, you should watch these YouTube vlogs from Matisse Thybul. Just some really interesting like day-to-day stuff. I'm just like, hey, how do the bands work? What are you doing on this day? Why are you waking up at this hour? Uh, what are the, some <laughs> of the procedures that you're going through? Like he was in, in his latest episode, he was bitching and moaning about having to wake up for a 9 a.m. practice, which is exactly what I would think of at that situation if I was living in Disney World. So uh, I think that's great. I think those insider looks, that's exactly what people want to see during this time. Everybody's been starved for content. Yeah, for sure. I liked the grilled cheese thing. I think it was the jazz. Uh, Jordan yeah, Clarkson yeah, yeah. making a grilled cheese. I was like, that's funny. That's different. <laughs> Something you can't just always post about. It's relatable too. Like everybody, yeah. I mean, who, who hasn't made a grilled cheese in their lives that, that wants to see what Jordan Clarkson would do? Right, exactly. Well, you know, I love using an athlete who has no experience in cooking probably as my master chef guide. <laughs> 
that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I, I would love to see the how the how to on the grilled cheese from somebody who, especially an NBA player who has never made a grilled cheese in their life. <laughs> right, probably as a chef, a personal chef. Love Anyways. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's let's take a you know let's take a quick break. When we come back, I do want to get a little bit more serious. Talk about some of the social justice messaging that has been coming out from both the Nuggets camp and from the NBA at large. Uh, talk about Jeremy Grant's presser that he had on Wednesday. We will be right back. Stiff show. Ryan Blackford here, joined today by Jenna Garcia. Probably going to be joined a lot by Jenna Garcia and and Brandon Ewing, our long lost colleague, over over the next several months. Uh, we we really miss getting together at the Pepsi Center and being able to record these episodes. Um, but we're we're getting back together. Going to have a good time. Uh, Jenna, what do you miss most about heading to the Pepsi Center? And and what do you th- when do you think the next time we're going to be able to go to the Pepsi Center actually is? Oh gosh, I have no idea when we're going to get to go back, but I don't know. I just love, I think I love warm up, you know, pregame, watching everybody come out, um, seeing how they prepare for the game mentally, physically being, you know, on the floor and able to get some, catch some video is always a fun highlight for me, but definitely right. the fans too. And part of the fans and you got to miss Rocky's shot, right? His oh, half-court yeah. shot. It's incredible. Of course. I, I definitely miss that. And I miss being able, I like never dress up now. I just always, I live in sweats cause I live, <laughs> do everything at home. So like, I guess I miss dressing up a little bit, but I did have somebody tell me like today they recognized me on a zoom call. That was so random and I've never met them before. And they were like, Oh, I've seen you at nuggets games. And I was like, oh, that was one time in my life. That was, no, so that was over right? four months ago. And, and no, I totally agree with you. We've, we've, we've grown accustomed to the media lifestyle. And this was my first year kind of on the beat, being, being going down to the games regularly, going to the practices. Uh, but it's something that I miss greatly. And, and getting into that habit and, and being around other media members and like-minded people that really want to accomplish the same goals as you, that's been great. Um, but so I definitely miss it. I've definitely missed that aspect of this, but I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to get back into this and start really going hard on the Nuggets content over the next several days. It's, it's going to yeah, be Yeah. Cause they're about to win great. a championship. Did you hear about it? <laughs> I heard, I heard. Coach I, Malone you, said that's, they're not leaving that place without a championship. So. Well, coach Malone's going to work ahead to, for us. He's going to have to work out as the backup point guard on this team if they want to win a championship with the roster right now. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least okay. Nicole is there, okay? Yeah, that's true. That's true. They got a big boost from him. Um, okay, let's, trans- let's transfer into a little bit more of a serious segment. I wanted to talk about the social justice messages that have been going on. I wanted to talk about Jeremy Grant's presser. Uh, the Nuggets and the NBA, they aren't going to let Nuggets fans and NBA fans at large forget about what's going on in the world. Uh, we saw a social media post yesterday from the Nuggets accounts that 14 of the 17 Nuggets, they had chosen a message pertaining to racial injustice uh, to be in, a, in the place 
of their names on their jersey. And I thought that was a really big deal. Um, the only three that we didn't see or, or hear from about a specific message was Will Barton, Jeremy Grant, and Nikola Jokic. But you mentioned to us at Stiffs that uh, Will wasn't exactly happy with the messages that he was able to choose to wear. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think – yeah, I think um, um, a lot of the guys felt that way, uh, where they were feeling like they had in their mind, as I did in mine when the NBA originally announced this, that they were going to be allowed to choose any slogan, any statement um, to put on the back of their jerseys, you know. And some of these guys right. come from incredibly uh, oppressed neighborhoods. Uh, I'm thinking of Will Barton and of Monte Morris, of course, who's from Flint. Like right. these guys grew up living this day to day and they have um, achieved a great deal in spite of everything that's been against them in life. And I think I, I know for a fact that Monte would have wanted to put Flint on his jersey, you know, right. to, to recognize that Flint still doesn't have clean water. And he's been on that message for a long time since he started with the Nuggets. And yeah. he's done a lot of things to to even help with that cause. But, you know, um, the fact that the guys weren't allowed to personalize them was a little deceptive. And Will felt like it wasn't totally honest. You know, he wanted to put something of his own brand and that spoke to his community specifically in Baltimore. And that wasn't an option for him. And a, a lot of the guys felt like they were very generic options. And I, I even felt a little short selled on the whole thing, you know, because I thought like, wow, this is really big. Like people are this is really free speech like really free right. speech. Right. And it's just like, um, and it kind of felt like maybe like they were buying back into my good graces a little bit after the whole China debacle, you know, they were standing up for something that was right. And I was impressed. And then to find out that they weren't really doing that all the way to where they were genuinely giving their, their athletes, the people who make them so much money, some, a chance to have some free speech on the back of their Jersey. I felt like it was a little half-hearted and I think Jeremy Grant alluded to that in his message as well in his press conference, just saying that he wasn't going to choose a name on the back of his Jersey because he felt like he could do more change with his words, you know, and sure. it felt half-hearted to, to them. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm with you on it. Uh, the NBA has kind of been walking this fine line uh, between being very supportive of the players and, and wanting them to share their messages and have this platform and be able to stand up for what's right. But they've also been a little restrictive of, of what actually is being said and, and some of the things that they can communicate in these NBA sanctioned environments. Uh, I, I am a little bit like I have some empathy for them, but not enough to really say, Hey, look, this is something that you really should be doing. Uh, I, one of the things that Jeremy really took to heart in reminding Wednesday that, Hey, Brianna Taylor's murderers are still walking around freely. Uh, there were no mentions of Brianna Taylor or the names of these specific victims to be worn on the jerseys. And that's something that players really would have spoke volumes to. Uh, Trayvon Martin was another name that I, I believe it was one NBA player who really wanted to wear Trayvon Martin's jersey. I, I can't remember who it was at this point, but a lot of guys are in that same boat where they want to share some of these messages. They want to provide really hard-hitting things that can help people change their minds and help people really understand what's going on. 
uh, but it doesn't seem like the NBA is willing to go all the way there. Um, were you surprised that Jeremy Grant took such a strong stance uh, at his presser on the Breonna Taylor subject? I wasn't personally because Jeremy was really active in um, the time that the league was um, hiatusing before there was a bubble plan and everything. He was very right. active during that time. Um, he was at rallies almost daily, um, really supporting his community and standing up for it. And Jeremy, I mean, you've met Jeremy. He, his demeanor is, is very distinct, I would say, from other guys in that locker room. Not that anyone is mean by any means, at least not to me, but um, but Jeremy's even more like just quiet and um, even keeled. He's very much I, um, kind of just like a, a different spirit. And, and a lot of the guys think that he's one of the funniest guys on the team. Yeah. So um, – I just, and then after seeing how much he stood up for everything, I just, I wasn't surprised by his stance. I thought it was powerful that he almost, it was almost like he was refusing to answer questions by just yeah. continuing to redirect the conversation to Brianna Taylor. And so um, I thought that was really cool. I do too. I really respect Grant a lot for what he's doing. He isn't extremely public, but when he's out there, it's, it's with a purpose. And he's, he's true to what he believes. He has, like you said, he's very reserved at times. He's definitely somebody who's more observant as opposed to somebody who's always going to spout their opinion and be, and be super out there with what, everything that he's doing. But when he is out there, it is to do something important. It's to say something that he truly believes in. And I think that's, that's a great sign for his character. I, I know that Kendra Andrews, our good friend, she wrote a really nice piece about Horace Grant his uncle and, and how, how proud he was of being in that, in that situation and, and what Grant was doing for Brianna Taylor for this messaging and for keeping the message just on point. So honestly, I think it's going to be, it was oh, go almost ahead. radical. I was yeah. saying, honestly, it's almost radical what he did. He stood, he took a really strong stance and, um, and how many guys, I mean, guys will answer political questions in the NBA today, but even like, we're just talking back in MJ's generation, you saw like, that was not a thing. And that's not that long ago, yeah. you know? So, and, and I felt like Jeremy's was this even a step further. Like he wasn't just answering a question that came to him that was political. He made every single question about this topic to take a stand on it. So I thought it was like next level, really. I don't know if it's going to keep happening throughout this entire bubble experience, but I support him in whatever he wants to do, whatever message he wants to share, especially if it's something that's uplifting like that and saying, hey, this is something that we, we really want to take a stand on, something that we really want to support. And, and how, how can you hate on a guy for doing that? How can you hate on a guy for really wanting to do the right thing? And it's the morally and ethical thing that he is – just trying to keep pushing out there. So I've been been really impressed with him. Obviously, we've talked about Will. Uh, I'm not sure what Nikola is going to do for the back of his jersey. He's he's always been like, he's been tied up in Serbia for a long time. So I don't know if he was actually involved in any of that or if he's going to choose to put anything at all. But no pressure to him if that's something that he doesn't want to do. There's a lot of guys that aren't like 
LeBron is putting his name on the back of his jersey. And I can't really question LeBron's motives because he's opened up a freaking school and he's spoken out where he's needed to speak out. So whatever these guys want to do, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Whatever these guys want to do, you just got to support it. For sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, Let's take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the Nuggets practice stuff that's come out over the last few days and then some predictions on the scrimmage that's coming up. The Nuggets scrimmage in, if you're listening to this on Friday, five days. They scrimmage on the 22nd. When we come back, we're going to talk about that just a little bit. And we're back. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here, joined by Jenna Garcia. Final segment. We're going to be talking about the Nuggets practices and some of the video and some of the the answers that have been thrown out there. Uh, We're going to get into some Bull Bull hype as well, because I'm I'm really excited to talk about Bull Bull. I I don't know if you could tell. Uh, (laughs) uh, We haven't really heard a lot about what's been going on with these Nuggets practices because uh, the Nuggets have been very secretive. Their roster has been secretive. Uh, but we got our first window into it on, on Thursday's press conference, really, that Troy Daniels kind of let it slip that the Nuggets have had eight, nine, or ten guys at practice for a while. This kind of backs up the evidence that we'd heard, that that there are about ten guys there when Nicola got into the bubble. We still haven't really heard from Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier, Vlaco Chanchar, and Kade Bates-Diop. Uh, we did get those reports that the first four guys that I listed, MPJ, Gary, Tori, Monte, they're all outside the bubble as of uh, the last time we got those reports. We haven't really heard anything beyond that. So my question to you, Jenna, is do you think any of the above guys will be in the bubble before Wednesday's exhibition game uh, in five days from now? Gosh, I feel like it's possible, right? They probably got tested recently within the last, either today, yesterday, and they're probably, you know, that's probably like some of them, maybe that's their first test. That's the hard thing is we don't know who's, it's their first negative or their second negative, right? Because people are going just in waves um, as soon as they get two negatives. So, and and let me, um, let me be clear just just a second. Let me be clear. We, we don't officially know that anybody has coronavirus. We, we don't want to speculate too hard on it, but that because we haven't heard any of this extra information, that's the only thing that we could really assume has happened. So they're going to get those negative tests in all likelihood. Go ahead. Well, I mean, if, if it was a torn ACL, they would have told us, right? If it was sure, something yeah. like, if it was something else, they would have told us, but they're using the, you know, it's a HIPAA violation to give out this information. It's medical. So they're not saying anything. So, but that says everything. Right. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much with you on that. Um, A little bit. Yeah. I, with, with this timeline, I'm, I think you're right in that, Hey, these guys there, we would have known by now, I think if there were other guys that were traveling to the bubble. So I think it's safe to say that nobody is currently traveling to the bubble right now, or nobody's in quarantine right now. We could be wrong about that. That could be different. Um, so I'm still under the impression that these guys still have to get a negative test to come back before they can actually travel. So if that's the case, you have to travel, they have to quarantine for a couple of days, and you might just make it before Wednesday. 
Um, I'm kind of skeptical that anybody else is going to arrive before that time. What do you think? I mean, it's possible, but it's, it feels a little skeptical at this point because you would have hoped, I mean, it's been more than how many days have they been there now? Uh, I think it's uh, Malone said day nine, I think yesterday. So I guess 10. Day mm-hmm. And you have to imagine, okay, if they got it, I guess you, I guess you have to give them 14 days, really, ideally. Uh, no, 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 no. So here's, here's how I, let me, let me explain this process for the viewers too. Uh, so if they received it, if they, if they got it, they have to make sure to clear two negative tests before traveling to the bubble. And then they also have to take two negative, or they have to generate two negative tests while they're in quarantine at the bubble by themselves. So yeah. those have to be spaced out uh, by 24 hours a piece every time. So I think that like the earliest that we could probably hear from somebody getting into the bubble is my guess Monday. Uh, but it, it's, it's still, it's, so it's possible. It's definitely possible that those guys could arrive at that point. But the, the quarantine period was if they tested positive, they've probably already gone through that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to is, like, you sure, know, when sure, they sure. Ever, whenever they tested positive, have they passed that amount of days now? I think since it's probably around 10 days, they're probably getting tested again. So you could potentially get somebody else in there. But it would be it would be pretty tough at this point to get them there before Wednesday scrimmage. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit. We'll talk about like what we actually expect there. Uh, I I'm with you though. I I think they're the ten guys that are there are probably the ten guys that they're going to have for this first scrimmage, and they're just gonna have to get through it. They're just gonna have to grind. We're gonna see we're gonna see whether some of these guys are actually healthy and, and whether they can whether they can play significant minutes. Um. Troy Daniels also spoke for the first time. It was his birthday on Wednesday. Happy birthday to Troy. Uh, he said that Nikola Jokic was the best big man in the league. And that's, uh, we already Not knew that. to course, us, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're ahead of the curve on that. But it is interesting that, that Troy did say that because Troy Daniels is, of course, somebody who played for the Los Angeles Lakers for the first half of the season. Uh, and it's very quick that, he transitioned from Anthony Davis being the best big in the league to seeing Nikola Jokic. And, hey, that, that guy's pretty good, too. Could have been quicker. <laughs> this is the first I mean, the difference – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. The difference between Nikola and, and – it's not even to me, but whatever. I guess it's close. I guess Anthony Davis has never even – I mean, I Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he hasn't accomplished that much, and I know no Jokic hasn't either. But Jokic has been in this less time so far, so and he's done quite a lot. That, uh, Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic have won the same number of playoff series in their career, and Anthony Davis has been in the league for four additional years. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is like it should have been quicker, Troy. Come on, just just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's transition to Bull Bull real quick. Uh, he also spoke to the media for the first time. Uh, I think since draft night. Do you remember hearing from him any time since then? I know Kendra did a piece with him in the, when he was first coming to Denver, and um, she kind of drove around with him, and it was about like his move and something like that. But he got upset with her about one of the quotes that she um, had in her piece, and she mm. and he like has been 
boycotting the media since. It's always this joke between Kendra and I where she's like, I'm sorry, guys, it's all my fault. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, Kendra, a little bit. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting that, that, that that's taken place because that was very early in the season, if at all. Super early, yeah. And, and like, it just hasn't happened. And they, they obviously shut down the league in March. Uh, things have started up in July. He's been rehabbing from this foot surgery that he had. He he played in the G League for a little bit, but kind of had to take a break after that. Uh, but I thought a really interesting part of this was that usually when guys talk to the media for the first time in forever after an injury, it means that they're back and they're quickly approaching full health or else they wouldn't be on an official media call. Uh, was that your read on the situation or were the Nuggets just throwing out a guy? Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's a little bit trickier because it's in the bubble, right? That right. changes the scenario a little bit because the Nuggets never, like Mason Plumley was injured for like two or three games. It was like a short stint. He was sitting out and like, I remember somebody in the media went up to him and asked him a question, just kind of like, you know, uh, not as serious of a scrum or whatever. It was just a question on the side. And yeah, Mason yeah, yeah. literally turned and, and said to him, like, I don't answer questions. I'm, a, I'm an injured player. Like, and I don't have to answer questions. And it was very strict. Yeah. So I did think it was a little weird just because of how strict the Nuggets are with that policy. But um, it could be that, like, nobody else wanted to talk to the media because they are doing a lot. I feel like a lot more media availability with a lot less games. And so that True. makes it kind of like, what else am I going to say to these guys? They already asked me their questions so far until I play a game. Michael Malone did dip out of this of this media session. Usually he talks after every practice, but he's like, okay, we're just going to send two players so that I don't have to talk this time around. Uh, a much needed reprieve for Michael Malone, I think. But uh, Oh, yeah. I, Malone was tired of the, the Jokic, skinny Jokic questions. He's tired oh, of yeah. that, like, people asking where MPJ is. He keeps tired of saying, <laughs> that, like, I can't tell you which players aren't here or are here. <laughs> you know, it's, say it's, the same things a million times. He, he said initially to the media, man, I, I miss you guys. It's, it's good to hear all of your voices. Uh, take it, give it a week, and, and he's, he's a little bit tired with us already, so <laughs> I kind of I get it. I do understand. Uh, but I kind of read it as, a, like, hey, maybe Bull Bull is on track to play. I, I don't think they would send him out to officially talk about his game, about how he plays, about what they're doing in practice, unless he was kind of gearing up for that, unless they were getting him ready to actually play in some basketball games. So uh, if that were the case, what about Bull Bull are you most excited to watch? Is it just that he's going to be out there? Is, is there a specific thing? What do you think? Um, Bull Bull, to me, he reminds me of Gumby. Do you remember Gumby? He was <laughs> like course. this old cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's it. what Bobo like reminds me of. And I think he's just going to be out there like standing with his Gumby hand straight up and grabbing the ball <laughs> and just putting it in the hoop. And just like, because he's just so tall and skinny. Like, and I honestly um, haven't seen him like in a real game time, you know, motion in sure. a long time. You know, I haven't seen him play at game speed. So it's like, I can't even picture him doing that because he's so tall, and I just picture him doing the Gumby all over the court, basically. So, <laughs> you know that that reminds me of the uh, the wacky, wavy, inflatable tube man uh, yes. that they would use at the uh, at the car dealerships, and just like everybody's moving around and then just arms flailing and moving, and this just nothing really just seems to be coordinated at all. 
Uh, everybody's raving about him, though. You, you asked uh, uh, Troy Daniels today. He was he was saying, "Hey, this this dude is a real talent. Like he's talented, 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 talented." Is what he said. Uh, Mason Plumley. Uh, he didn't have to say really nice things about another competing center. He did. He said he was extremely skilled, just extremely talented. Going to be fun to watch. Look out or or get ready was the uh, was the the verbiage that he used then. He has the skill set with the ball in his hands that I really just want to see what he looks like when he's dribbling the basketball at 7-2. Like, we don't see guys that are that tall that can handle the yeah. basketball. I want to see what he does. I, I think just, just it's so intriguing. I, I have no idea what to think of it. Yeah. So what are you predicting if he, if he plays in the scrimmage? And then we can oh, get into man. scrimmage talk after that. Sure. Uh, if he plays in the scrimmage – how many buckets is he scoring? <laughs> you know, I, oh man, it'll be his first action in a long time. I, I remember Porter getting into the game. Uh, he got into his first preseason game, looked a little bit wild out there, but he did make a, a sweet step back bucket, kind of like he normally does. I think Bull probably doesn't shoot a lot, but he takes like three shots, makes one of them. It's really athletic. Maybe he blocks a couple of shots on the other end. Maybe he's running the lane in transition. I uh, Ooh, I think that, that would be really cool. It, it's, <laughs> it sounds a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I also just kind of wants to see how he looks shooting. Yeah, uh, like Jokic to Bull Bull just – Oh yeah, just streaking, streaking down the lane, or maybe he's spotting up on the wing. Uh, imagine, imagine Jokic on the floor at the same time as Bol Bol spotting up at the wing from twenty-seven feet away from the basket. Like, who does that? Like, there, there is no other NBA team except like the Milwaukee Bucks with Brook Lopez that does anything similar to what the Nuggets are about to do. Yeah, the Nuggets are a unicorn team. They just go hunting for unicorns, and then they're going to have – like, they've only accumulated a few. It took them a while to find one, but now they have a couple, and it's just a matter of unleashing them all at the same time, really. Oh, man. Uh, I was kind of joking about Bulbul playing small forward on Twitter on Wednesday night. I I threw that out, and some people were like, are you serious? Like, that's nuts. Uh, And some people caught on to the joke and just were (laughs) laughing along. But then in the same presser, Bulb said he was playing the three at at Thursday's practice. Like, that that was something he was actually doing. Uh, So – that's let's get wild. into it. let's get into it then. Let's let's start let's start talking about uh what we expect on Wednesday. Uh if the uh, of the 10 guys that are there right now, let's just say that everybody plays. I don't think Jokic is going to play in game 1. I kind of I kind of doubt it. I don't think they really need to play him. But let's say everybody plays in game 1. Who do you think they start? Who do you think like of the guys that are there? I think they start will Jamal, Nicola, and then I, then it's hard because you're missing Tory Craig, you're missing Gary Harris. That's yeah, you know one of your wings spots. Um, gosh, and I don't know. It could be interesting. It could be even like a Troy Daniels, maybe move Jamal to a two situation. I'm not sure uh, who the last yeah. – did I name five yet? Did I count five? No, no. So we've got, yeah. we've got Murray, Barton, and Jokic out there. Uh, they've still got Millsap and Grant that they could play, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they could go to the lineup. And that was a good lineup. 
yeah, I, I, we, we didn't get to see enough of Grant at the three, but that's something that I think they're going to want to practice because if, if they get far in the playoffs, they got to use Grant to defend a guy like LeBron or Millsap to defend a guy like Kawhi Leonard or, or those, those strong big guys that they, that they really struggle with on the perimeter. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing like what they throw out there because really it's anybody's guess. Like you're right. They could throw out Troy Daniels in the starting lineup. They could throw Bull Bull at the three. Like they, they literally just talked about that. Like if, if they did yeah. that, I might cry. Like that would be insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to clear quarantine. Uh, that's currently not on. That's that's currently not there yet. Uh, that's kind of my read on this. That that we're we're probably going to be waiting on some guys. So, uh, but of the guys that are there, the lineup that I am most excited to see there is Murray. Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Bull Bull, Nikola Jokic. Just go super big. Uh, you've got some shooting. You've got some athleticism out there. But you're playing a six foot nine Jeremy Grant at, at shooting guard and, and Bull Bull at power forward with Paul Millsap at the, at the three. Just because that would he be can. insane. They should <laughs> save that lineup for the Lakers, though, because they're big. Yeah. It's it's not a bad idea. Like I, I, I might even throw MPJ in there in place of Bull Bull just to get a little bit of extra, like, guaranteed scoring you know but that's uh that's a that's but quite you would have group. to get to the bubble first ryan that's true that's true we're, we're gonna is we're mpj gonna see. is mpj your guy most needed for the bubble for this team right now if there was one guy they needed the most like of, of the guys that are currently not there you mean yeah okay uh, okay, well, so let's let's talk about the confirmed guys that aren't there right now. Uh, you got Monte Morris, you got Gary Harris, you got Tory Craig, you got MPJ. Uh, no, I actually think they need Gary there, uh, and I would want to see Gary there more than MPJ because I kind of wow, have like like my feelings on MPJ are set. Like I really do think, hey, you're definitely going to be a piece of the future. I don't really have that many questions for you this time around. But the Nuggets, like, they're, they're in a really tough position with Gary Harris. They're in a tough position, not necessarily super tough with Will Barton, but, like, what if Gary Harris outperforms Will Barton in the playoffs? Like, what if, what if he plays really well? What if he defends the position really well that he needs to defend? What if he shoots 40% from three again? Like, there's a scenario, I think, where Gary Harris is the guy that they want starting next to Jamal Murray, and then they put MPJ in there at the three, in place of Will Barton. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about the same Gary Harris who sucked all season long is <laughs> having all these what-ifs come true oh, in your man. mind, Ryan? Come uh, on. It's, cor- I, I am a little bit delirious from this quarantine. I do get it. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that Gary's going to have a little bit of a resurgence. He was really good on defense all Hot year. Take. Uh, it's it really with him – because I, I think about the future of this team, and I think, okay, who are the three guys that are definitely going to be there? It's Murray, it's Porter, and it's Jokic. I think those are the three that, that they're going to try and build around. That's their young core that, that Calvin Booth talked about last week to the media, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, I don't know. Uh, but those three are there. Who are the guys that best fit around those players? Who are the guys that make the most sense that can help lift those three players up as much as possible? I think there's an, at least an argument that Gary could be the guy in place of Will Barton. 
because Gary's a, a defense first player who the way his game is set up, he doesn't need the ball in his hands a ton to make an impact. Um, I wonder if, if that's a decision that the Nuggets are weighing internally. And, and mm. we, just, we just don't know how that's going to bear out yet. So I want to see it. I want to see what Gary can do. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you, you think that there's enough guys that the ball needs to be in Jokic's hands, Murray's hands probably more than it needs to be in Barton's hands, who also needs the ball to be effective on the floor, at least offensively, really. And he's not as good of a defensive player as, as Gary is kind of a specialist. But I would say I'd push back a little bit and say that Will's defense has been pretty good this season. It has. So, Don't get me wrong. I, I do agree with you there. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I, I guess there's a lot to kind of be excited for in the scrimmage coming ahead. Um, but I think the most exciting part is that they don't have everybody they normally have because Coach Malone kind of is the kind of coach who would stick to his regular guys and not really explore. And this is forcing him to explore a little bit. And it could really show him um, some more flexibility within his rotation. He is so dependent on Tory Craig, Gary Harris, Mason Plumley, all those guys who are like always defense first minded. But really, right. when you have Millsap on the floor, you can kind of let go of the offense a little bit because he is such a powerhouse in the middle, like defensively, at least. So sure. I hope that Coach Malone learns a little bit of different or more creative um, lineups, like he said, you know, and does actually use them because I think it'll benefit him in the long run. And you know he does have a few different unicorns like I don't want to wait two years to see Bull Bull play like I've had to wait two years to see MPJ play you know it's like <laughs> yeah. I'd like it to come a little faster because um, I'm tired of not having any sports and it seems like it's an eternity because we haven't had any sports and so you know I'm tired of waiting around it seems like an eternity since MPJ has been sitting on that bench it's a great great point uh, that is something that that I haven't, I won't say criticized Michael Malone for, but it's one of the things that I think he needs to work on the most as a coach is to be a little bit more flexible with some of the lineups and, and not necessarily fall back on his trust guys too much, especially for a young team that really needs, that really needs that development, that really needs the opportunity to prove what they can be. Uh, you're you're 100% correct on that. I, I really want to see what he can do with different guys, with different lineups. Um, but yeah, that's really all that I have. That's really all that I think we should we should really be covering in this episode. Um, anything you want to talk about before we head out of here? Um, only that I'm really excited that we got to do this and chat again because it's been so long and it just feels good to talk about basketball with other people, you know? Like my dog is tired of hearing about it and <laughs> my mom's not into it. So there's like really, you know, I, I'm glad we're back into a regular schedule and stuff and hopefully we'll get skipped back here and, and we can just enjoy the bubble while we can. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be great. We're going to, I'm, I'm really excited. It, it really does seem like this bubble, it's trending in the right direction. We won't, we won't make any promises. We don't, I don't want to jinx anything, but everything seems like it's doing okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to covering it all with you, with Skip, with Zach and Gordon, all of the Denver Stiffs conglomerate that's that's been joining us. We had Quinton come on over the past week. He's been great so far. Really been happy to have him and, and have another voice in the room. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, that's, that's really all I have. Jenna, it's great talking to you. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Make sure to tune in. Uh, Nuggets numbers on Tuesday. Actually, Pickaxe Podcast on Monday. We've been doing a lot of great shows. Uh, may have some more shows coming into works here soon. Uh, we'll have another episode of the Denver Stiff Show on Friday. I might even do another Nuggets numbers on Thursday. Uh, just as kind of a recap of the game that's going to be on uh, the scrimmage that's going to be on that day on Wednesday night. So what do you guys think about Ooh. that? It'll be should be pretty good. Uh, that's going to do it here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week.